give God some praise for our band. Uh, Got to get in that mood for worship. Luke chapter 21, verses 5 through 19 is our scripture for this morning. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, he said, as for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. They asked him, teacher, when will this be? And what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And he said, beware that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name and say, I am he. And the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and in various places, famines and plagues, and there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and siblings, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. <coughs> Excuse me. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the opportunity to praise and glorify your name, Lord, in your house, for the freedom that we have to do that, Lord, and from the opportunity that we have to come together as the body of Christ. We ask you now, O oh Lord, that you'll speak to us through this word as it is proclaimed. Give me your thoughts to be my own. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. If we hear a storm is coming, we want to know if it's going to hit our house. If you live in Florida, you're used to this, right? It's like if you live in California, you're used to the earthquakes. Well, in Florida, they've got all those models that try to predict where the storm is going to hit. How many of you have seen those spaghetti little formations of like 80 lines going in different directions and taking different turns? And, and uh, you know, meteorologists are the only people that can be wrong like 100% of the time and still have a job. Because they go, oh, it's going to be here, or it's going to be there. And before you know it, yeah, we were wrong about that. It went completely to a different place or in a different direction. But people watch those because they want to know, right? Is it going to be hit my house? Is it going to affect my property? Do I need to get out of the way of the storm? Do I need to prepare? So we try to track those storms. We, we study the past experience of storms and, 
We say, well, the last one that came through here went this way, so maybe, maybe it'll go that way. And we try to predict wind patterns and currents and look at all that information and, and determine where the storm is going to go. The reality is, is that they should just say, we don't know where it's going. Because that would be the honest truth. They really don't know. Even when they get one of the data points right in terms of maybe where it's landing or maybe where it's coming ashore, storms have this unpredictable nature that they just go wherever they want. And often they defy all of the predictions. In our scripture today, Jesus is telling his disciples, devastation is coming. Destruction is coming. There is a time coming in which one stone will not remain upon another in this beautiful temple that you are so proud of and celebrate so much. You see, they were at the temple and they were all looking at all the beautiful decorations and you know, we could do that today. Look around. Oh, we got a beautiful sanctuary. Look at these nice high ceilings and our beautiful projectors and our cross. And if I told you that not a stone would remain upon another stone in the future, you would immediately say, when is it going to happen? And what are the signs that it's about to come true? You would want to know. Immediately, and that's what happened with the disciples. They immediately turned to Jesus and said, when is this going to happen? And what are the signs that we are to watch for to know that it's about to come to pass? In verses 9 through 11, Jesus gives the disciples three signs to watch for to know that this is about to happen. He tells them the first sign is that there will be false prophets, false teachers. They're going to be trying to tell the people that they're the ones that are in the right and that everybody else is in the wrong, and they're going to try to steer people in the wrong direction. They will even try to impersonate me. I want you to hear that. They will even try to impersonate me. They'll try to tell you they're me. And we go, that is crazy. How could anybody fall for that? But have any of you heard of all the cults and all the people that have come through saying, I am he, and the end of times is near, and I am he that was supposed to return, and then people have followed them many times to their death? It's already happened, right? These kind of things happen. There's going to be false prophets, he says, and they're going to lead the people astray. The second sign you need to watch for is political chaos. <laughs> we got lots of that, right? <clears throat> Anybody seen any political chaos this last week? I mean, political chaos in the world, maybe? Wars, rumors of wars, anybody? These are signs that Jesus said would come. They would happen. Nation will rise against nation to fight over land or territory or resources or because of differences of belief, they will rise up against each other. Jesus was talking about these things that were going to happen. And, you know, these things, if you talk about political chaos, the reality is that political chaos has been with us for the whole history of humanity. Think about it. For as long as you can remember going back, 
People have been fighting people over land and resources and ideas. It's always been with us. Jesus said, look for that sign. Nation will rise against nation. And then the third sign, he says, there, there will be natural disasters, earthquakes, famines, and plagues. There'll even be portents, dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. Well, I don't know about you, but I hear about a new storm just about every other week. We just had a new one come through Florida. We're dumping a bunch of rain and with category one winds. And it happens over and over again. So these are signs that Jesus says will happen, but he tells them that when they see these signs, the end is not here yet. He tells them the end is not here yet. Before the end comes, more will happen. More will happen to you. He says, you're going to be arrested and persecuted. They're going to hand you over to synagogues and prisons and people in authority to interrogate you. And some of you will die. I don't know about you, but that's not a very good sales pitch for me to follow Jesus, right? Some of you will die. That's what he tells them. I'm surprised that some of them didn't go, well, you know, this is where I get off. <laughs> this is where I go my separate way. This is where I part ways with Jesus. Because he was telling them the de devastation and the disaster that was coming, not just to the nation, but to them individually. Some of you will die because of my name because you profess me as Lord. This sounds pretty grim. It doesn't sound like good news, right? Sounds like the kind of stuff that you see on the news all the time, bad news all the time, right? Yet Jesus tells them in the midst of telling them this news that they're not supposed to be afraid, that they're not to fear, that they're not to doubt. That they're to continue in their faith, being faithful. The storm is coming. It's going to get rough. But it's an opportunity, not a detriment for you. Only Jesus could see all of these negative things as an opportunity to be seized. Because most of us would have been making contingency plans on how to avoid this dying thing. Most of us would have been trying to come up with plans to avoid capture so we don't end up in prison. Most of us would have been trying to figure out how we keep our family in good relations with us instead of disavowing us because of our faith. We would have been trying to find all kinds of ways to avoid the storm that was coming. But Jesus doesn't sugarcoat it. It's coming. It's going to be rough. But you don't have to avoid it. You have to go through it. You don't have to avoid it. You have to go through it. Your faith will be tested. Your resolve will be challenged. This is an opportunity for you 
to testify to what you say you believe. This is an opportunity for you to show the world who I am. This is an opportunity for you to put action with your words. I defined an opportunity for the kids, but I think it's important for us to, to go over that definition again. It is a set of circumstances that makes it possible for us to do something that we would otherwise not be able to do. So it has everything to do with timing and action. Timing and action. We've heard the phrase, you got to be at the right place at the right time to seize an opportunity. You've experienced that in your own life because you remember a time when you had a choice whether to take a job or to move or to buy a house or to buy a car or to change professions or to change your major in school. And that decision became an opportunity for you to change the rest of the course of your life. Jesus was saying, this is not something that will be detrimental to you. It'll be an opportunity for you. The thing about opportunities is that they are not guaranteed. Just because you have an opportunity to catch a ball doesn't mean you're going to catch it. Ask all those football players that drop passes like crazy Saturday. I mean, some of them got hit in the head with a ball and it bounced off their helmet. And you're going, how did you miss that? It hit you in the head. But how many opportunities have we missed? How many chances have we had to share with somebody the love of Christ or a word of encouragement or something that they needed to hear and, and for whatever reason, we didn't take it. You know, if these players were running around trying to catch the ball with their hands in their back, they would have a really hard time catching that ball. At some point, they've got to decide to reach out to catch that ball. At some point, they have to be willing to put their body in situations that could be detrimental to their health. Have you ever seen a player die for a ball knowing that they're about to get hit by about 700 pounds and they still dove? Jesus was saying you're going to have opportunities, but they're not guaranteed. You have to seize them. You have to take advantage of them. When the opportunity comes, you need to avail yourself of that opportunity. What's crazy is knowing about this, we would say, well, let me go train for my opportunity let me go get ready. You know, the players, they practice all week to play a two-hour game or three-hour game on Saturday. All week, they prepare, right? They, they go over the plays. They prepare themselves. And Jesus gives the most unorthodox advice that we could ever imagine. He says, don't prepare. Don't prepare. Just be willing to do it when the time comes. Don't prepare. Just be willing to do it when the time comes. If a storm was coming and it was a Category 5 storm and it was going right through your house and I told you, don't board it up. Don't worry about it. You'd be like, you crazy. 
You'd be like, not only am I boarding it up, I am moving out of the path of that storm. I'm avoiding it. I'm doing everything I can not to be there when that storm arrives. And yet Jesus is saying, don't get ready for it. And here's why. He says, if you get ready for it, you're going to depend on yourself to come up with some clever words, some clever thinking, some clever ideas on how you're going to share this. And I don't want you to do that because I want you to share it by the power of the Holy Spirit in you. I don't want you to do it through your brain. I don't even want you to do it through your emotion. I want you to do it through your faith. And you know, when you don't prepare for something and you've got to do it, you're really doing it by faith because you know you didn't do it. And you know, the cool thing about it is when you actually do it, God gets the glory because you didn't practice and you didn't prepare. You didn't do it. He did. He was saying when they come get you to arrest you and put you before kings and rulers and you have to tell them about me, just open your mouth and I'm going to fill it. I'm going to give you the words. I'm going to give you a wisdom that they will not be able to contend with. If you've ever had this experience, you know what he's talking about. There are times when God gives you revelation and you begin to speak into somebody's life and you don't even know what you're saying. But they know that it is not you, it's God. And at that moment, God is reaching them through you. But you had to be willing to seize your opportunity and open your mouth. You had to be willing to say, Jesus, I don't even know what I'm going to say, but I'm just going to open my mouth and you fill it. Jesus said, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid of anything because if God is with you, who can stand against you? If God is going to give you a wisdom that is supernatural and above all the wisdom of man, then nobody will be able to come against you. They cannot thwart the wisdom of God. He says, but it's going to be hard. Your family might not like you anymore. There's going to be haters that are going to come out against you because of your faith in me. There's going to be people that are going to want to hurt you because you follow me. There's going to be people that are going to want to silence you by putting you in prison because you are having too much of an impact for the kingdom. But don't see these hardships as something that will destroy you. See them as something that will make you stronger in the faith. For when your faith is tested, it will prove that it's true. Now, he had said earlier that some of them might die, and then he turns around and said, but not a hair on your head will perish, because by your endurance you will gain your souls. And I'm going, wait, you, you said earlier some of us are going to die. What do you mean? Not a hair in our head will perish. He was saying, basically, if you persevere in this faith, if you stay the course, if you remain faithful, you will see the salvation that I have prepared for you, and that is the salvation of your souls and the redemption of your lives. They can come against your body. They can kill your body all they want. They will never be able to permanently kill you because you have my life in your life. And remember, I was, you know, Jesus was raised from the dead. 
so that we could have hope of eternity. Jesus hadn't even done that, and he was already letting them know, death, not a problem. I got that one beat. I've got the victory over that already. So no matter what lies ahead, let us remember to see it as an opportunity to witness to our faith, to live out that faith with endurance and resiliency. Now, if you know your history, you know that the Jerusalem temple was indeed destroyed several times. But after this writing, religious zealots rose up in Israel saying that they were the ones that were going to carry out God's plan to deliver Israel from the Romans. They said they were the ones, follow us. They were the leaders, follow us. And what they did was they led the people in a revolt against the Romans that proved to be fatal to all of them. And in retaliation, the Romans destroyed the city and trashed the temple. And Jesus' words that not one stone will remain upon another were proven to be true. I think these zealots got ahead of themselves thinking that they were following God when they were really following their own political ambitions to restore the kingdom of Israel. Why do I say that? Because I believe that when God's timing for something is there, nothing can stop it or prevent it. When God has a plan for something and he wants to do it, guess what? He's God. He's going to get it done with or without you. The formation of the nation of Israel in 48 and 49 is a great example of that. After the horrors of the Holocaust, Jews from all over the world relocated to a very small sliver of land in the promised land. Within days, they were attacked on every side. War after war after war, Israel gained territory until they occupied the land that God had promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all their descendants. Do you know that Israel is the only nation in the world that's never lost a war? Never lost a single war. In the Six-Day War, they were attacked on three fronts by nations that outnumbered them over 10,000 to one on the ground. And they still won. Was it because they were smart or clever or had a great military? It was because God was with them. It was because it was God's plan to restore them. It was because God was being faithful to his promise to Abraham that through his descendants, the whole world would be blessed. False prophets existed back then in biblical times, and they still exist today. There's those out there that still preach the prosperity gospel. Believe and you will grow rich. I found that the only ones that really get rich are them. Those who promote an easy gospel, come to Jesus and you'll never have any trouble in your life. And I don't know how anybody buys that one because you just have to be alive a few days to realize that's not true. And those who teach hedonism 
and anything goes gospel with no bounds or boundaries that fails to understand that Jesus called us to follow him in every single possible way in our lives. Before you say that those are isolated examples, we can think back at all of the cults and groups that have risen up over the years that have led people astray in the name of Jesus. False teachers continue to abound, but in spite of them, our mission continues to be clear. Jesus said, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. This means we have to go out there and tell people about Jesus and teach them not what we want, but what Jesus taught us. Not what we prefer, but what Jesus said. Not what we would like, but what is contained in its scriptures. I pray we continue to be willing to testify to our faith even when it means going through the storm. And I pray that we never give up on any opportunity that God presents to us to witness to our faith. Because we never know if that opportunity is the one that will bring somebody from death to life and will change the course of their life. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for this word. I thank you, Lord, because... You promise that we will not face our storms and our challenges alone. Lord, help us to rely on you and to trust that if you bring us to a storm, you will see us through it. Help us to have courage and not be afraid. Help us to continue to be faithful in the midst of the storm. And help us to know, Lord, that you can work all things for good for those who love you. Use, O oh Lord, every opportunity in our lives to make us witnesses to this world of your great love. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you're facing any storm, if you're facing any tumult, and you just need Jesus to reassure you that he's there with you, the altar is open. We'll be glad to pray for you, to remind you of that, to encourage you, and to inspire you to continue to be faithful as you walk through your storm.